You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And we are here today with uh, three different folks. We are here with Bridget Amos. Bridget Amos is a playwright, amongst other things, and she has a new play that she is bringing to the Angels Theater Company by way of the, the Lead Center. And that is coming up. It's called Dove, and we're going to talk to her about that. We are also here with Jamie Bullins, the director of Dove, and he is also the associate professor of theater with a concentration in costume design for the Johnny Carson School of Theater and Film. And then we also have Timothy Scholl, and he is the executive artistic director of the Angels Theater Company. Thank you very much, guys, for joining us virtually. Thank you for joining us today. This is a real treat. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to talk a little bit about angels. Yes. I know that it, it really, you focus on a lot of assistance for playwriting. Bridget, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Judy Hart and I co-founded Angels Playwriting Collective in 2013. It's a project of Angels Theater Company. And that is our group of playwrights who get together once a month to workshop uh, their plays. And um, a lot of those plays are performed in our summer festival. It's a first flight festival, which usually takes place in July. And some of the playwrights, including myself, are also working on full length plays. And some of us have gotten those full length plays uh, produced with Angels Theater Company. I actually, maybe Timothy could address the history a little bit better than of Angels Theater Company than I could. Oh, I don't know if I'm quite the historian for <laughs> Angels, but it, okay. uh, you know, Angel, Angels has been around for almost 30 years, founded by Judy Hart um, and a couple of others. But Judy really took Angels for the first 30 years and, and made a quite a professional company focused on a great, de- a great many things. But one of those things that she worked on was new plays and developing new plays. In fact, the first play that Angels Company ever did was a collaboration called Zeal, Grace and Transformation. And there's a connection there with how Angels Theater became Angels Theater. It has something to do with performing in a church. But uh, that's that's for Judy. That's Judy's story to tell. So I'm not going to not going to tell that. But I was I took over uh, with Angels Theater Company in 2019, 2020. And we are just really focused on producing, creating and supporting new work. So all of our programming has moved to, you know, playwrights who are writing now really looking at how new work impacts our community and making sure that we provide those connections between playwrights who are writing about community, how they work with our community, and then you know, presenting those stories and those plays in the, in the best, most professional way that we can. Angels does a lot of, a lot of their productions at different locations as well. So you're, mm-hmm. you, are, you are a true company that, that travels and, and we have done that. Yeah, we're, different um, places. we can call us ourselves homeless or we can call ourselves, you know, um, you know, opportunistic, <laughs> uh, but last well, opportunistic. There you go. The last several uh, productions we've done at the Carson theater <laughs> at the Lee center for performing arts. Um, that's probably our home away from home as far as our, our productions, but we also do play readings. Yeah. Um, yeah. We do new monologue festivals. It's called Solo Tales and Ales, and we do those usually on Sunday evenings. 
Bridget mentioned our first flight festival, which is a really important part of our playwriting collective. So we're just really interested in mm-hmm. creating that next generation of playwrights and writers who are uh, writing for the American theater. Yeah, and a really mm-hmm. great support for local playwrights, a, a place for them for sure. to go and get feedback. But Bridget, you've been working on this particular play, Dove, yeah, for, since... for a couple of years now. Do you want to talk about how that invo- how that kind of evolved for you? or? Well, yeah. <laughs> um, it started actually with a call for submissions to the Thomas Wolfe Playwriting Competition, which actually is, I believe, no more, sadly. Oh. But so it was something I was applying to that I think does not exist anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but they were looking for plays that had something to do with Thomas Wolfe's work. And I had read Look Homeward Angel, his novel in high school. So I pondered that the whole summer, didn't do much about it except reread the book and, you know, read some other things. And then when I started writing, it just, it became something else, you know, and that's how I feel about writing prompts. You know, writing prompts are there to just get you writing. And then they might trigger something else that's in your subconscious that that comes out on the page. And so I was sort of trying to incorporate certain elements of the book. For example, in the book, you know, the family goes to the St. Louis World's Fair. And sadly, one of the children in the family dies of typhus there. So that kind of was in my subconscious. Another aspect was another death in the book, which has had me just sobbing. I remember distinctly when I was a high school student, just sobbing late at night when I was supposed mm-hmm. to be asleep mm-hmm. to get up for school the next day. I was I was reading this and just crying my eyes out. And, and that's another one of the brothers in the family. And, and then this scene in which the main character has a conversation with his brother after he's died. And it's, it's, um, and the brother's not really there. It's more like in the author's imagination, he's able to talk to his brother. And the character of the mother, I think I, I, incorporated that into my main character, Effie, who was the mother of Dove in mm-hmm. the play. And so all those things were kind of in my subconscious, but I then I wrote a completely different play. <laughs> so, and it's so it has very little to do with with that. And, and then I think we had, as you know, uh, Timothy mentioned earlier, a first reading with people who I, you know, trust and have worked with in Angel's Playwriting Collective. And I remember Timothy, you were there and some other people from the the board of Angel's Theater Company. And we had a reading in my apartment in October of 2019. It was a very rough draft. It was probably 90% different from (laughs) the play that people will see next week. That's how different that draft was. But just in that, reading, I realized that I had a play there. Mm-hmm. I had, you know, an idea that I could develop into into what we have now. And I could tell from the reactions of the people in the room. And I think believe Kleenex mm. were being <laughs> passed around. So yeah. that was kind yeah. of a good sign. And then over the last uh, three years, I've been working and working on it. And this past uh, February, it was chosen by a development group in New Jersey called Asoto 
as the only play they're working on this year. And uh, so I've been working on some of the really kind of detailed development and that's how it's really changed over the last year. And I think think become a much, much better play than what I started Mm. with three years ago. And and that Asoto is uh, is an acronym for a stage of their own. Of their own. Yeah, a stage of their own. Is that in New York? Yeah. New Jersey. Yeah, just like a team of their own. (laughs) It's a a women's uh, uh, play development group. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, indeed. How is this experience compared to some of the other plays that you've written then? Just a completely different type of experience because you've written sort of others. More, it, it's yeah. It, yeah, no, it's it's very very different. I think um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think I'm finally learning to write a play. <laughs> I mean, you know, I yeah, because I've had plays produced mm-hmm. and I've had plays that you know people said were oh those are great, you know, and they're good plays, I'm sure. But <laughs> but I think this one, I feel like I have made kind of this leap, and a lot of that is just really digging deep into very personal things, you know, and I've talked about this elsewhere that there were three deaths in my family that I I absolutely feed into Mm -hmm. what came out on the page initially and what keeps coming out over the revisions. And the first was my young cousin drowned. Mm -hmm. And I, my connection with him was very much when he was a child and I had kind of lost track of him and only kept in touch maybe through relatives over the years. That death was shocking and hard for me to process. And mm. um, and so I think that has something to do with it. And then his father, um, my first cousin died six months later. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was any coincidence. I mm. think he died partially of mm-hmm. grief. Um, and then my mother, um, when I took care of my mother in home hospice, that was very difficult. And I think the last year of her life, you know, I I, I felt I was not as kind to her. I wanted to talk to her about it after she died. I wanted to apologize. I wanted to be forgiven. So that's, and that all that comes out, I think, in my main character, yeah. Effie, how she processes her daughter's death. Wow. Well, and and I have worked in hospice and and it's just such wonderful work, but it's difficult work. Yeah. And one of the things that we found with the nurses was that we would have nurses come to us with complete pure intentions of wanting to do hospice work and and a real desire to do it. But once once they got into it, they realized how difficult it was. They were almost too intertwined with their patients and the families that it, it became an obstacle for them. And uh, mm-hmm. those people who take care of other people, they need respite too. Oh God, yes. And you need rest too in order to be able to go back and give. If your cup is empty, you need to be able to go back and give. So I don't know. I would just encourage you not to be so hard on yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that it was. It, and, it, it helped. And, it, and it started before hospice. I mean, yeah. you know, the, 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 the conflicts and even just, I think, um, with my mother, just getting her to accept yeah. care was was a constant struggle. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think that, um, you know, you were mentioning that the nurses not being prepared and, and family members. Right. Are not no. prepared and and we never got to the point where a nurse showed oh. up again you know because it it mm-hmm. was you know i i'd been taking care of her but that was a fairly short mm-hmm. hospice 
mm, stay at yeah. home. Um, and so uh, I was 24 seven on the couch on call. It's a hard job. <laughs> all it's the a time. Hard job. Yeah. And it was, yeah. yeah. But mm-hmm. I think, and That's probably good. this play delves into it, I think, you know, that you, you can come to um, a place where you probably feel that you're both okay with it on both sides of the veil. I I would I would hope. <laughs> yeah, and that that's exactly what I'm trying to get at in the play is that in my mind it is so important for a person who is grieving to develop a spiritual relationship with the person who has right. died. I do, I just think that you know, you don't stop talking to them and you don't stop yeah. listening. And you know, you can't ever go back and change things or fix things, but you can keep that dialogue going. And in this play, it's definitely in the realm of magical realism, where Dove physically comes okay. back and Effie has the opportunity to interact with her. And, and, and kind of, they have the opportunity to kind of go up against each other and, and have, still have these conflicts to resolve. But I think, you know, in the real world, you, you still have yeah. that ability to do that. So how did you decide who would direct this? Because this is obviously something that's, it's not just a normal play, not, not like another play that you've written. This is very unusual for you and it's been a growth mm-hmm. thing for you mm-hmm. and it's really close to your heart. How sure. did you decide to to find a director for it. Well, the director appeared <laughs> miraculously. <laughs> there he is. It's a, it, well, it's a weird, it's kind of a weird story. Um, I got involved with Angels last year with the production of This Mortal Life also, which was a new play we yeah. did last spring about Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And uh, I did the set design. I was a set designer mm-hmm. for the project. And so since then I've become more involved with Angels and Tim and the board asked me to sit on the board with them. And so I've been doing that. And then when we started talking about the season, Tim sent me two scripts, the two shows that we're doing, with the intention of asking me how I wanted to participate in terms of design, because that's my primary field. Right. But I, uh, as you can see, do other yes. things too. And so all that was sent to me was the first act of mm-hmm. Dove. And I read it, and I called Tim. And Tim, if I, rec- if I recollect this incorrectly, you have to step in. But I called <laughs> Tim and I said, Tim, who, who's directing this show? And he said, well, I think because it's from a female's viewpoint and because of the importance of the relationship between the daughter and the mother, we're looking for a female director. And me being as outspoken as I am, I said, well, grief is a genderless issue. And I said, I am super buddies with grief. I've, <laughs> I've been there. And I said, so would you consider letting me throw my hat in the ring to direct this show. And uh, we had a couple of conversations and then all of a sudden I was directing the show. So I, that's how it went down. (laughs) So it it was basically Bridget that brought me into it because she wrote this this damn fine play uh, that uh, really piqued my interest. I mean, after I read it, I was like, I don't want to just design this play. I want to, I want to get as involved as I can. And while I'm a costume design faculty at the university, I'm also a scene designer and a director sometimes and also a playwright. I mean, so I'm, I'm one of those crazy idiots that does everything. That's awesome. And uh, so, you know, I'm never satisfied. So I always have to learn how to do something else. So that's that's 
basically how it happened. Yeah, I, I, I can confirm that. that's the direction of the story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I blame it on Bridget and the play. It was the play. Well, and I think that really for, for me, the best gift you can have is somebody who's passionate about yes. the play and about the yeah, project. Sure. Um, and that was, you know, talking a little bit out of school here, that was clear in speaking with Jamie is that he really brought a passion and a direction and an artistic focus to what this play was and what it could be. Yeah. Um, and that's irreplaceable. Yeah. So I always wonder, especially with new plays, yeah. how difficult it must be as the playwright, though, sometimes to sit back and see someone else direct it. Like, how? what is that experience like? Because most plays aren't really... You don't really get that. It's easy for me because I'm not a director at all. And I have no ambition to be a director. And I just thank, you know, God that there are people like Jamie who are directors mm -hmm. and people like Timothy who directed um, uh, Losing the Ring in the yes. River, which was my first yeah. full length um, uh, production with Angels Theatre Company and all the other great directors that I've had for my plays. I, I, um, you know, I've, I've had some, you know, with these short plays, um, I've had wonderful experiences, of course, with First Flight because Angels Theatre Company, you know, even with the our, our short play festival, everything is so professional, so top notch, um, best people involved. Um, you know, some of those plays have gone elsewhere. <laughs> Unusual things have happened, you know, and I've happened to see some of them or not see them. And, you know, it's fine because once your play is out there, it belongs to the world and you just mm -hmm. can't, you know, it's theirs. You know, once it's a, another theater is doing it, it's their, their play, you know, they just can't change the words, <laughs> right. but they can make decisions. But I've been really, you know, just so blessed with, with the people I've worked with in Angels Theater Company. So I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I, I like to sit back and enjoy the ride. I, I feel like my uh, responsibility is to the text so like what Jamie and I do is, you know, like um, I'm not even there for most rehearsals. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I just went to one after so far after the read through. But, you know, like he'll just email me, you know, so can we this line, you know, we need this here on this line or, you know, can you rewrite that line or this and, and whatever or this monologue. And so we just kind of go back and forth and I just trust that you know, whatever he's seeing happening in that rehearsal room is information that I need to rewrite the play, not from a structural, you know, dramaturgical standpoint, but just to, just so the actors can play those roles and say those lines. That's a lot of things you find out. Um, and and most of the things we've found in rehearsal so far that Bridget and I have gone back and forth on are a simple like a word here, a word there, a sure. phrasing. Not once have I sent Bridget a note that said, here, please write, rewrite this whole scene. Because it doesn't mean it. It's literally just, can we put this word in instead of this word? Can we swap these two words? Because the rhythm of the line is more smooth if we can swap them. Because as Bridget is writing, she doesn't have somebody saying them out loud in the room. Mm -hmm. you know. And so yeah, some of them you don't even notice until much later. We were in a run through the other night that Bridget came to, and there was this one sentence that was a mouthful for our young actress that plays Dove. And I was like, wow, I never realized exactly how much that was. And we've been rehearsing this play for a couple of weeks, you know, two or three weeks, and I still didn't get it until yeah. just now. And I was like, can we find a way to make that 
more pleasant to her palate <laughs> in terms of getting it out because it's a very important moment and Bridget went away and refigured it and now it's wow. fine and you know and so it's been a really great conversation one of the things uh, I have to say about yeah. angels and this is one of the things that kept me coming back after this mortal life also mm -hmm. last year is you know artists can be challenging I'm just gonna say that. we all know that because we have, don't know what you're talking we, about. we have we have we have egos we have personal investment we have passion which is good most of the time but i will say this you know we've all worked on projects that after the project you're like yeah god that one guy geez sure. you know or this wasn't my pleasant yeah i didn't i had this thing happen that i didn't like or whatever after this mortal life also and tim and i were just talking about this earlier today we all sat down after and we're like damn this was like a really positive experience for everybody. There was no diva That's in the wonderful. room, in the cast, in the crew, in the designers, in the director. Nobody. Everybody was there because they wanted to tell the story and they had a personal investment and they were all proud to be there and proud to work with those people. So we're do one of the things is I super important for me is to continue that. And you know, after you have it every once in a while on a project, you're like, why right. can't all my yes. projects be like this? Why can't every room be so yeah. positive? Why can't I always have shows and tell stories that nobody's a jerk, mm -hmm. you know? And so mm -hmm. that was a, that's another thing we're trying to, to keep going with angels in every project is put the right people in the room because then when you tell the story to the audience, all that comes out. It makes a huge yeah. difference. And yes, of course, please bring your Kleenex to the It sounds dog. like it. Because if you don't cry, you have gone to the crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, and, and especially if you, yeah. as a director, putting on um, a newer play, being able to 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 have a relationship and have access to the author so that while you're in rehearsals you can say hey could we could we maybe rewrite the, you know it's fantastic. And what you know, an opportunity it, well, you know it's a great opportunity and 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 a responsibility yes because you know as i sit in the room i am the steward for the text because bridget's sure. not there and so when i'm working with the actors and we're trying to figure out how to make all the words work I'm the person who has to steward the work from Bridget through the actors to make sure that we don't, that we're presenting the story the way that Bridget right. intended it. And so it's, I consider that a very, I consider it an honor uh, to turn that responsibility is super important sure. because I think that sometimes in my experience, not all directors are great stewards of the playwrights in which they work. Yeah. Fair enough. And it's a goal of mine to be That's that. That's wonderful. Yes, indeed. So. Well, and, and what a great opportunity to collaborate on just little little things in the script that that feel that they need to work a little bit better and that's great feedback for her and it's just really collaborative yeah, one more layer that that you get to go back and touch the script again yeah and to tweak it and uh yeah and 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 just so you know bridget has said yes to 99 percent of things <laughs> so you guys are yeah she's not afraid to to uh Good take a stand you. and say no nope, i'm not gonna change that i'm like <laughs> that one i'm gonna i would die do you remember that yeah, oh yeah i remember it's the difference between is the difference between using the word soil and oh. dirt uh, oh and, and <laughs> speaking of that yes ja jamie did not know yes, i'm not a no. gardener <laughs> but, uh, well he did not know i was she's literally i did yes, not, not the first we have never had a, i love a, it a a, a i'm a gardener I love a, it. a bona fide a uh, uh soil scientist a scientist of soil management and crop production agronomy am i saying that correct and i yeah i have a my master's from kansas state Yay, university kansas. and phd uh 
from UNL uh, Agronomy and Horticulture, and uh, both in agronomy. Which, and, so if I'd known that, I never would have asked you. <laughs> you wouldn't have. Oh no! Because that's like them fighting words. What, what <laughs> you don't what call it dirt. Right, the goal that I have to say: Can we use the word dirt? <laughs> Well, and, I, and how fascinating. I'm surprised I didn't get fired. Because you should have called Tim and been like, get rid of this bozo. <laughs> I love it. Well, I, I just thought that was absolutely fascinating. It's, it's a first for us. We've never had a soil scientist on the program before. so I love it. But just as far as like, you, you know, you, you read about authors and stuff and their backgrounds and you expect to see you know, maybe English degrees or they worked as a dope soil scientist. And and now she's writing plays. And I just thought that was absolutely fascinating. Yeah. And you've also had some, a couple of uh, historical fiction books I have, yeah. as well. Um, um, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're still out there as audiobooks. Are they but, cool? Um, unfortunately, my publisher closed. Oh, no. And so, ah. yeah, they just, she just decided to close her publishing ah. house. So, um, yeah, so I don't have the uh, ebooks or paperbacks at this point, but mm. yeah, I might be looking at self-publishing. But right. oh, I don't have the time because I have too many plays I want to write. Right. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Well, sounds, yeah, it sounds but maybe like... some maybe someday they'll reappear. Yeah. Um, Either way, it sounds yeah. like there's some really great things to come. And and you mentioned your young actress. Your young actress is somebody that oh, yeah. our area knows really well. Brenna Thompson is very well revered in these parts. Oh, yes. Yeah, so she worked <laughs> a lot for the parts. loft. <laughs> so we're right down the street these from parts. the loft. Um, she's she, she worked a bunch she's one of the, She was in the first show that I ever saw at the loft. Uh, me too. Yeah. Well, well, do you know I'm also born in the barn player? Are you yes, born in the I barn saw player? that. And that's also where I first met Brenna. Yeah. <laughs> we were... I mean, uh, I want to. I don't want to take this away from angels and <laughs> to the loft, but yeah. But Brenna and I played the two of Jake's wives in Kevin Colbert's wives <laughs> in Jake's Women. It was a Neil Simon okay. comedy way back twelve years ago. Okay. I don't know if you remember that one, but <laughs> we were he wasn't here yet. I, that was just a little bit before oh, I got before here, but yeah. I have seen So we pictures. were we were two of Jake's women. So. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was just yeah, that was just a few years after. So it's a small world among the born in the barn it players. Is. It certainly is. <laughs> well, it's all Lincoln Theater Alliance too, so um yeah. so it's <laughs> so we all know that it's 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 a good community. It's such a fun place. And you have to also perform and try to, you know, like ignore the popcorn being eaten and the hot dogs being eaten. <laughs> That's all right. Being, you know, <laughs> packages crinkling. It's okay. They're into it. We eat still hot dogs at Dove. Can we do that? I think we should have Effie's cookies, actually. Oh, oh yes. Effie's cookies. That'd be good. And some pie. We need to sell some pie. pie. We should in have the pie. Lobby. There we yes. go. That's the way they do it at the barn. <laughs> <laughs> theme, the, uh -huh. theme your theme your uh, concessions no, to the but, show. But that's great. So not only do you guys have that connection, um, that's you, neat. You uh, you've been at, you got your MS in Kansas, so you've got the Kansas connection. The two. Oh yeah, K State. There. You were at K State, absolutely. Not yeah. far. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Way back. <laughs> so Jamie, you've you've definitely directed your share of shows. Oh my gosh, yes. How. How is this different than some of the other shows that you've directed? Uh, I've I've never directed a full production of a new script. Before. Oh, oh, first new script. I've directed okay. things, but this is the first time I've ever directed a full 
I've directed readings okay. um, and some staged readings of new work before, but I've never, from start to finish, directed a fully staged, produced new play. Uh, I've done musicals. I've done, you know, whatever, but um, this is the first time. And and how is it? Is it is it more challenging or is it more fun or is it a little bit? Uh, yes and yes. <laughs> uh, uh, um, it is more challenging and it, and it is more fun because we're telling a story for the first time, yeah. right? So I don't, you know, and the actors in the cast are fantastic. That's Tim. He's the one who put them together. They're great. It's it's such a charming and moving story, and it's just fun putting it together with these people for the first time. Yeah. It's just really. It's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, and you do you teach do you teach classes at UNL as well mm-hmm. during the day? yeah I'm on the faculty. Wow! So yeah, you have a full schedule and you were able to do this. So congratulations! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it makes for long days. Yeah, uh, but you know what? It's uh, it's all good. Oh. Well, I wanted to make sure that we mentioned yes that. Not only is this at the Carson Theater, but it's September 14th, 15th, 16th, not the 17th, and 18th. Is that correct? That's how I read it. Yeah, there's a football game on that. Oh, yeah. We've kind of opened up the world of the playwriting support for me. Those things don't normally come across my feed as far as all the playwright festivals and different things like that. I mean, you were a finalist for several that I had never heard of. and I did win one recently. So. <laughs> That's good. But no, I mean, just, that was nice. just the fact that you were involved in so many of them. Yes. Um, I think that's great. And recognizing so many of them, and, yeah. And to know that there are all those resources out there for playwrights, I think is even more fantastic. Maybe we don't realize that. Well, we and... Yeah. normally are. Well, and it's one of the great things that Angels does um, is that they... They look for and foster and help all of these new playwrights and plays and bring all of this new stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, Jamie gets to do direct something for the very first time uh, and and literally gets to talk to the playwright about it while he's in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's as far as a director, I can think that's kind of got to be one of the best experiences. Honestly. And I think this is a good story right now, too, um, just because so many people lost loved ones during COVID, whether it, not necessarily that it was COVID, but just lost loved ones in general. So so other people are, they didn't get to have funerals. They didn't get to have that closure. Yeah. yeah. So sure. perhaps this is a really timely piece for people who are dealing with grief still and didn't really get a chance to deal with it. To address it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, Sherry, Sherry, that's a really important point. And it, I want to make this, cat, this um, connection here that we try to do shows at all times with community partners. And our community partner for Dove is an organization called Morning Hope hmm. here in Lincoln. And they, they deal exclusively with grief and working with families. Um, they're a local nonprofit here. They work with families and children and all levels of, and grief of all kinds. And so Morning Hope has been spectacular in terms of resources, in terms of supporting us with this production. And I really want to to give them, you know, kudos for the work that they're doing now. And then they will be part of the talk back and be available for patrons if they, uh, you know, if the if the play brings out feelings that they kind of need to deal with and need to, to work through, then, right. then that'll be available to them through Morning Hope. Oh, that's great. And that's, uh, that's right. I forgot. Angels does do talk backs quite often after your productions. That's yes. kind of a normal process for you all. It is. So, <laughs> and are they every night or are they just on opening nights or? 
every night? We'll have a talk back every, every night, night after each performance. Okay. Well, I'm really excited about this. I think yeah, this is going to be really fantastic. timely. Yeah. And I know sometimes people don't want to be sad, but maybe, you know, this particular story, it starts from that and it, it is hopeful at the end. I haven't yes, read it, it but is. I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hopeful. I like to call it. I, like I am hopeful. It, yes. yes. I like to call it good sad. Good it's sad. a good story. Yeah. 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 Go. So not as sad to be afraid of. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wonderful. I think the sadness comes from beauty, not from being forlorn. Ooh, somebody write that down. That's nice. There you go. <laughs> the start of your next play, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for spending the time with us. I, I'm excited for your production, and I really think that it's it's going to change a lot of people's lives and and how we all deal with grief yes indeed well thank you so much yes um, thank, you, thank you this has been wonderful thank you yes thank you very much to jamie bullens bridget amos and timothy Scholl. thank you very much for joining us today dove will open on september 14th and run on these dates the 14th the 15th the 16th and the 18th at the johnny carson theater in the Leeds Center for Performing Arts. For tickets, go to www.leadcenter.org slash event slash dove or call 402-472-4747 Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard.